we want to be the leader where advice is delivered. And as you think about how our firm has evolved, this is really about being there for advisors and helping them where they are in their practices. And we're agnostic of platform affiliation level. We're really trying to help support advice and be the leader in that category. When LPL Financial decides to acquire a fintech firm, they expect it to have an outsourced effect on the more than 17,000 advisors using their ClientWorks platform. So when they announced their recent purchase of portfolio rebalancing and trading software provider Blaze Portfolio, we wanted to know why they selected it and how it fits into their strategic plans. I spoke with Rob Petman and Gary Karai about the pure play trading tools that were available, secular investment trends driving the market, LPL's process for making build versus buy decisions, and a whole lot more on this episode of the Wealth Management Today podcast. It's another fantastic day in the wonderful world of Wealth Tech. Welcome to episode 71 of the Wealth Management Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, and I run a consulting firm called Ezra Group. We're experts in everything related to Wealth Tech. We deliver growth-oriented solutions to banks, broker-dealers, asset managers, RIA aggregators, as well as their Wealth Tech providers through our premium advice and targeted market research. On this podcast, I speak with some of the smartest people in the industry who are on the leading edge of technology and innovation. And please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this across your social media networks. Now, here we go with this episode. And I'm happy to welcome to the program our, our guests for this episode. And we have two guests. We have from LPL Financial, Rob Petman, Head of Wealth Management Solutions. Say hi, Rob. Hello. And Good to be here. Great to, great to see you, Rob. Uh, and we also have Gary Karai, Head of Strategic Partners. Hey, Gary. Hey, Craig. Guys, so glad you can make it uh, on such short notice. Uh, I know you're super busy. Uh, but what we want to talk about today is the announcement you just made about the acquisition of Blaze Portfolio, Portfolio Rebalancing Trading FinTech Firm. Cool stuff, cool technology. Always excited to hear what you guys are buying and, and what you're doing. So let's just jump right into it. Um, can you guys tell us why why Blaze? Uh, why'd you pick them? Uh, I'll, I'll tee off, Gary, and, and certainly feel free to, to layer in. Um, you know, we've, I think just getting back to sort of what, what problems are we trying to solve and what's the strategy? Maybe I'll start there and then I'll work into how we, are, we arrived at Blaze. You know, as, as we've seen, there's the macro trends. Certainly, uh, advisors are moving from uh, bro the brokerage business to advisory business. Uh, that is the model that is growing out into the future. And, uh, you know, most recently, I think if I were to point at a problem, I think we, we, we have a lot of recency bias uh, given the, the events of this year. Um, you know, when let's just picture this, you're, you're a financial advisor, you're sitting um, in an environment or a market with tremendous market volatility. And, you know, you've got, you have a large book of business and you are looking to serve your customers in the most effective way possible. And, uh, there are two sets of, of practices out there. Uh, there's a there's a practice out there that was running uh, bespoke models for each individual investor, uh, and and there are practices out there that 
had a narrower focus on the a concentrated set of models that they were employing, whether they are either from a third party or ones that they've created themselves. And as you look at those two different cases, um, one office had a very, very difficult time uh, because it's tough to truly understand what's in each every, every, and every portfolio and make swift decisions and service your clients when they're calling in with a lot of, uh, of concern about what's happening in the marketplace. And in the other case, when you're very close to what is actually, you know, how those, those portfolios are positioned and you're able to make moves at a macro level and have conversations with clients who are calling in very freely because you're very close to those, you're able to be a much, much more nimbler in the way that you approach solving for some of those problems, some of those concerns, whether you're telling them about what's happening and how they're positioned, or if you're making large moves in the way that you're, you're overly invested, um, one office fared better than, than the other. And as we, we look to the future and how wealth management is, is evolving, we're seeing that the practice management of a models-based practice pull through. Now, in order to actually effectuate something like that and create that, that, that ability to have you know, the, this faster implementation time and, and to be able to create better results for investors, the underlying technology that supports that is obviously a trading system uh, that's embedded in one of these platforms. Now, we've done a lot of work on our advisory platforms in the past. So, you know, in, in historically, we've talked about what we've done with uh, model wealth portfolios and advisor sleeve, where they're creating models themselves and they're outsourcing trading to, to LPL. Uh, what we're talking about here with this technology is a, is, a, is a different scenario whereby we're actually empowering advisors to uh, efficiently create their own models in our REPIS PM platform or they could actually in the future elect to use third party models, but maintain the total trading control within that construct. Uh, so as you think about the, the evolution of wealth management, the problems that we're trying to solve, certainly helping to make you know, managing money easier for advisors, being able to freely and openly and quickly adopt models-based practices and having the supporting technology that actually enables that, that's what we're really trying to do. And then as you get to the second part of your question, why Blaze? That's, that's all in the selection process. So as you sort of, you know, we have a process before, we've utilized it before the advisory world. Um, you know, for us, it's best to evaluate what it is that we're actually searching for and go out into the market and go get it versus waiting for the investment banking process of someone to just put a por you know, portfolio company on your lap. We'd much rather go out there, see what's available from what we're searching for, actually approach those companies and bring them in. So Blaze is actually... Uh, one of those scenarios there, just like advisory world, where we were proactive in knowing exactly what we were looking for uh, and went out to go get it. Yeah, I, I, I would just say that that was um, really complete, Rob. I, I think um, we do believe there's a secular trend towards models-based portfolios and advisors running models-based practices. And I think you get asked the question of, you know, hey, um, you know, is trading a commodity or is it a differentiator? And years past, you probably argue that it was more of a commodity, but I think as the need for uh, more personalized advice has become more common, um, and the need in, in increasingly how a trading system can help an advisor personalize that advice um, with tactical changes, strategic changes, um, how tax efficiency plays into the advice and value add that an advisor um, offers, how things like customization around uh, ESG. Uh, are a factor in there. All, all of that lead to technology really being that gateway application 
to how an, an advisor expresses their advice to their clients. So where it may have been a commodity in the past, we think it's a, a, a strategic uh, um, differentiator. And it's the reason, quite honestly, that it was important for us to buy and, um, and not rent. Yeah, and, you, uh, and LPL has a history of doing that, as you, as you mentioned with the um, advisory world acquisition, which I thought was a, was a great move. I mean, I, I've known those guys for a while. And I've, as I've known Bryson and his team at and Blaze Portfolio for a while. Uh, in fact, I was surprised that they weren't acquired a while, a while ago. That they were able to stay as you know uh, independent for so long. And you know there aren't many pure play trading tools out there, as you mentioned. So, um, what was it about the need for a pure play trading tool as opposed to maybe some sort of a hybrid that made you go after this type of technology? Yeah, why don't I start? The, the um, it's a good question. I think the and you're right. I mean, it, 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 there was a time that there were only pure play trading tools, and then as as the industry evolved over the last ten years, those firms created other adjacent applications to build more of an end to end platform, um, and and many of them built built great businesses and, and they're good firms. I think um, the issue for us is that we have a lot of those capabilities already, those adjacent capabilities. Um, but what we needed was something more strategic around trading and rebalancing and order management system. And, um, you know, when you look at the marketplace, you want to buy what you need and maybe not buy things that are redundant or, or overlapping with existing technology. So the, you're right. There, there are only a few that are what I consider single application trading and rebalancing firms as opposed to end-to-end -end systems. And, and what's attractive about what Bryson has done at Blaze is they've really built a, a, a really robust system um, that includes not just trading and, re, and rebalancing, but an order management system. Um, and I think we're, they're maybe the only one in that category that has that uh, with all of the capabilities around tax efficiency and optimization and, um, and, and household-based and multi-custody that were important to us. So, so we were thrilled um, on how that all evolved and, and to have Bryson as part of the team and that technology is you know, sort of accelerating our capability um, in this area. And, um, you know, they, they, they may not be as known as, uh, as some of the others that had been acquired by larger firms and, you know, probably why they're more recognized. But in terms of functionality and capability, uh, we found them to be uh, sort of at the top of the list. And if I could just add to, you know, um, I mean, Gary mentioned the practical consideration of, you know, seeking to acquire the, the, the function of what it is that you're truly searching for versus having, over, you know, purchasing also overlapping capabilities that you might not have a need for. Uh, and obviously that might, you know, inflate the price of what you're looking to acquire. I think we've also learned some lessons and just seen some examples too of, you know, in cases where you do have these sort of fully compiled bundles, sometimes it can be really, really hard to separate out some of the pieces. They might not break off or break away as cleanly as you think that they might. Uh, so you have, you may actually encounter some integration challenges that occur along the way. And as, as we think about some of our needs and what we're trying to accomplish, you know, obviously this is a large firm. We, we want to make sure that we're able to do something and also um, be able to invest in it such that we can do it at scale. Um, that's really another consideration that sort of lends itself to a little bit more favorably within the context of something that's a pure play versus something that's packaged. Mm, good points. I want to take a break from this episode to talk about one of my favorite charities. It's the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation, which is a charity that amplifies the efforts of financial advisors who give back to their communities and communities abroad. Invest in Others provides a platform for financial advisors 
their employees and their firms to increase awareness, visibility, and funding for their favorite nonprofits. Over the past 14 years, Invest in Others has given more than $3 million to 300-plus charities across a variety of causes, including health and wellness, education and youth programs, arts and culture, hunger and poverty prevention, and military veterans and more. For more information, please visit investinothers.org. Uh, follow them on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and please make a donation and check if your company will match your donations. It'll double the benefit. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. When you uh, mentioned something you mentioned earlier about the guys said the secular trend towards models, and then uh, Robbie mentioned that you 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 support multiple um, models, not models, but multiple ways for advisors to access your systems and multiple ways for advisors to run their businesses. They could outsource their trading to LPL or they can run as a rep as PM and maintain the trading control. So between those differences, how does Blaze fit in to those versus how, how the rep as PM guy's doing it now and how will Blaze help them or improve the way they're, they're working? So our rep as PM, uh, we have a trading system available right now in our rep as PM platform. Uh, that will continue to be available. This will come in as, as a complement to that uh, and will help advisors understand you know, how the technology works and other things. They, might, they may find that this, the, the technology that we install with Blaze is much easier to use. As, as we think about this from an integration perspective, we're integrating it with this goal in mind and the focus on the ease of which somebody can, can adopt a models-based practice. And again, that being either in the context of them creating their own models or outsourcing. This is not about a firm agenda that's trying to have advisors outsource models. It's actually more about the practice management consideration um, that helps advisors service their clients more effectively. So that's really how that comes together in both of those platforms. And as you think about this, this is a key part in the overall link of the, the overall ecosystem. We mentioned before the, the advisory world case and that you know the proposal generation component of this we have that linked to new account opening, uh, being able to transfer that logic all the way through to a trading system to carry out uh, those models is another really great capability where we can actually stream this thing all the way through uh, to completion. Yeah, I remember I was at your, at your conference last year where we used to have conferences. And uh, you know, I, I was sitting down with the, the advisor or guys that will show me how it's different now because you already, already had it. Like it was already available on your platform. And he showed me how much better it was, how tightly integrated it was, how it was seamless. You can move models back and forth and it was great. So I imagine you'll be doing the same thing with Blaze and be able to plug it in so that it's, it's a seamless part of the advisor experience on your platform. Yep. I'd say even thematically, right, as you think about that, you know, we, we just envision a place where, you know, I mean, we call it right now Model Hub, but, but this, is a, this is a place where, where, you know, advisors can create models uh, or choose models. And then they have the option to either uh, push those to, to any platform they want. If they want to go about conducting the trading themselves, we'll have an option for that. If they want to outsource the trading to LPL, we'll have an option for that. I mean, our, our model is built around choice in general and trying to meet advisors where, where they are and how they choose to run their practice. And this is really just another extension and complement to that. Excellent. Was, um, was Blaze Portfolio in your affinity program of, of uh, approved vendors? Yeah, Blaze is somebody that we, uh, we've been tracking um, through our uh, reviews in the affinity program. Uh, it didn't get to a level of, of integration, but we were familiar with them as we were familiar with all of the, 
the trading and rebalancing firms. Um, so that that's, you know, we, we as we wanted to go out proactively and um, look for a, a buy opportunity, you know, the, the marketplace was a fairly narrow field of, of firms to evaluate. And we we're familiar with Blaze from, from that early review. Excellent. So you guys have a large technology force, a large technology team there, you know, hundreds of people all, all building software and integrating software. Why not just build this yourself? Why go out and buy it? Yeah, I, you know, it's a good question. And it gets into the framework that Rob talked about, our strategic framework for how we evaluate those decisions. You know, you, you, um, you, know, you want to partner with those firms and applications where you know that they're important, but it may not be strategic. Right. Um, you want to develop in areas where, um, in, in, in just as an example, we, we did that with CRM. We've done that with um, our client goals. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we've, we've partnered with a firm. Um, you know, you want to you, you want to uh, buy where you do think it's strategic. And certainly Blaze is an example of that. And an advisory role not too long ago. Again, that's, you know, helping uh, convert prospects to clients. And we felt that was strategically important and why we made that move. Um, you know, so, so um, you know, so, so then it, it's, you know, why, where do you develop? And you really develop where there isn't um, anything out there that's compelling and it's need to do it yourself. And ClientWorks is an example of that. So ClientWorks, as Rob mentioned, um, is, the, uh, is the advisor workstation. Um, it's really what plugs into other applications, um, either that we have embedded in ClientWorks or we're partnering with in a third, you know, from a third-party basis. So that, that's an area we're going to continue to evolve that as, as we have over, over many years uh, to be that dominant workstation. But, and that's an area that will continue to develop. But it, it all goes as part of that framework for how we make that decision. Yeah. And I'll add to just with the background there. I'll add to just with the macro considerations that we, we want to be the, the leader where advice is delivered. As you think about our, our strategy and certainly one of the qualities that, that I would hope somebody would be looking at and looking at a leading REA custodian would be enabling model space practices uh, in an efficient and compelling way at its core. So we have a speed to market component there, given the opportunity and what's happening in the market. Very good. You know, some of the things I like about uh, the Blaze portfolio functionality stack Besides the fact that it's optimized, it's built on top of an order management system with real-time pricing, intraday trading, which is very different than how many advisors trade. Maybe they trade on a batch or if they're trading through a TAMP, it's, it's batched up and traded twice a day. So do you, did you, were you getting calls for this type of functionality from your, your advisor base? You know, I, I don't, we, we were getting requests for access to this type of um, household type uh, you know, rebalancing system with greater tax efficiency and um, ability to, as models uh, became more prominent, no, no, no question that that was part of it. And, and I do think real-time trading, it's, you know, I think we, we all saw that in the industry in March and April with, with when the pandemic hit and the need for that. So there's no question. I, don't, I wouldn't say that this was in a reaction to that. Um, as much as it was a strategic capability that we've known that we've needed now for um, for a while, and, and very fortunate uh, that this all progressed with uh, Bryson and Blaze. I would just add to just like from the big picture perspective, the the we've been getting the calls, but it's not necessarily specific to one thing. It's more more around the problem, saying, "Hey, you know, I understand what you're saying about model based practices. I want to go about implementing that, and I'm having trouble." Um, you know, and I, and I need a better, more effective way to go about doing that. 
So even as you look at, at, at how we integrate and how we bring this to fruition, uh, there's components of innovation and perspective that we're pulling through based upon the feedback of our customers to make that a reality because we're really trying to make sure that how this comes together is really directed at solving that problem. That makes sense. Uh, some of the other areas that I think are interesting uh, with the rebounds are security equivalents, their household management seems to be pretty good, and tax management. How are you guys handling tax management across your platform? Is that something you're focusing on? Is it something that advisors are also advisors asking for more tax management, especially with the, the markets fluctuating now? Yeah, there's no question. I think I think tax, you know, it's, it, it, and Blaze's capabilities around tax management was a was a big um, a big component, a big factor in how we evaluated them. To be honest, um, you know, I think historically, and they offer household level rebalancing, um, something they call uh, location optimization, and um, and increasingly, this is becoming a a, a much bigger value add um, for advisors, and um, you know, historically, I think. I think the industry looked at it on a, an account basis, you know, in, in a more of a product level solution than a technology solution. Um, you can certainly solve for things like UMA, but that's in a single account, a unified managed account. The idea of having household trading and rebalancing with tax efficiency across the, that household um, that's location centric, you know, what registration dictates maybe the, the a different type of investment strategy and and, and that notion of a level of proactive loss harvesting. I know a mentor of mine that um, always makes the comment that they're, no, they're, they're really, um, the only free lunch left in this industry is proactive tax management. Um, and it, it's if you do it right, and many advisors don't, I think many advisors don't quite honestly because they don't have the technology to do it. But if you do it right, now you're able to add value regardless of what happens in the marketplace, regardless of what happens with ind individual investments. You're able to show a level of tax efficiency that, you know, net of everything else, you're at it. That advisor is adding value through through how they're offering that advice to their clients. So, so tax efficiency is a, is a significant deal, I think, in the marketplace. But definitely, how we evaluated this particular technology and how we think of it more globally, uh, providing um, that level of functionality for our advisors. Very good. And uh, you know, there's a there's a big difference. Uh, in how trading tools are designed. I know we were talking about this earlier as well. Uh, can you talk about the difference between institutional trading tools and advisor trading tools? Because you guys, you have the scale, right? You're, you're the biggest IBD in the, in the market, you know, 17,000 advisors. Anything you put out there has to scale. So how um, do you approach that when you're looking at tools that are designed for advisors versus tools that are designed for institutions? Yeah, I think if you go back and you just look at how some of these things evolved, you know, certainly that, you know, this whole API marketplace and infrastructure hasn't been around forever, right? And, and that's been an enabling factor for a number of these different companies on which they've been able to create these types of solutions and businesses. Uh, but, but before that, you have uh, large firms, platforms uh, that are acquiring technology with the uh, certainly scale uh, requirements and Typically, what happened uh, through those considerations is you, you end up with technology that's built with the large firm in mind and their needs for scale uh, and not necessarily focused specifically on the financial advisor. And as you, as you look at the, the sort of wave of innovation and in fintech that we've had and you know, what APIs and custodian integrations have really facilitated, 
you have tech companies that are creating solutions, you know, with the RAA in mind as their customer and, and creating great experiences and, and functionality and ways in which to manipulate the technology. And they don't get to feed their families unless RAAs pay them money for that technology, which means that it has to work for them and that use case, it, you know, in, the, in a very specific way. Uh, and that type of performance pressure and tension isn't on those large firms. Uh, so, so because of those two different models, you end up seeing, especially in this bifurcation, that you have this whole element of REA experience and use cases coming out through these those firms. And that's what we really found attractive as we started thinking through how we were going to help advisors with adoption and solve their problems, was really starting with technology that was specifically targeted uh, in consideration of REAs versus technology that was just built to solve large firm problems. I would just add to that, um, you know, on one end of the spectrum, the institutional trading firms, highly functional, but not highly personal. Then you have the other side of the um, kind of the more advisor friendly trading systems, highly personal, not as scalable. And I think our opportunity is to combine the two, um, take a highly personalized application like Blaze and what LPL does really well is create scale um, inside of that technology for the benefit of of any advisor up and down the elevator in terms of um, advisor size and client focus. Um, and, and, you know, that, that, that's our opportunity. So let me ask you a question about the, the one of the most important aspects of any acquisition, which is culture. So how do you uh, evaluate an acquisition uh, or, or a, a small firm that you're looking at buying it and whether their culture will fit into LPL? Yeah, no, I, I think it's, you know, m- most people, when, when you talk about acquisition, you end up talking about the capability and the technology and how it accelerates what you want to do um, strategically. But I think equally important, if not more important, is the, um, it, it are, are the talent and the fit and the culture of the, of, of the folks that lead the business um, or, or really throughout the business um, and how we could work with them collaboratively and how that quite honestly accelerates our development maybe even beyond the intended, um, uh, you know, the, the, the acquisition at hand. I mean, that's what we found in other, other um, capabilities like this is that you, you know, you, 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 you acquire the capability, you're fortunate to keep and, and retain and develop the talent that provides value to you even beyond the, the firm that they were running. Um, and and that's, that, that's a significant benefit. Again, it probably more important than the technology itself. That's awesome. Guys, uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. It's been a really uh, super, uh, super informative uh, episode, and I think everyone's really going to like it. And uh, congratulations on the acquisition. Looking forward to uh, hearing big things from that technology as you deploy it and scale it up, and it gets to rolled out to all your advisors. Thanks so much for being here. Great. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Hey, it's Craig again. Uh, My takeaways from this episode, uh, secular trends toward model-based delivery portfolios was part of the driver behind the acquisition uh, of LPL, uh, of LPL's acquisition of Blaze portfolio. Um, That they felt they couldn't build their own trading tool with the same power and capabilities in a reasonable amount of time and decided that speed to market was the most important aspect in this case. Uh, So that says a lot about what their advisor is looking for uh, how there's still a significant number of advisors uh, who are doing their own trading uh, and are needing the powerful tools that uh, Blaze can provide. 
and the importance of these key features like tax management and household level rebalancing that they play, uh, these features play in advisor's decision-making process and about which broker deal platform to affiliate with. So I'd like to hear what you got out of it. Please uh, let me know. Uh, drop me a line on Twitter at Craig Iskowitz or post a comment on the blog. Let me know what you felt was the most important aspect of this podcast and what you got out of it and what other guests you'd like us to interview. Please let us know. And with that, I'll sign off for this week. I'll see you all again next time.